Hey, big ass runner herd. I'm so psyched to join your herd for a moment today. Thank you for letting me. It is so cool that you guys are such an uplifting community for each other and you're helping each other reach your goals. That's what it's all about is making memories with people and being each other's cheerleaders. Hi, this is Glenn Roby, and I'm a big-ass runner from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage big-ass trail runners from all over the big-ass world. Now, here's your hosts, Jeff Stay Hard Harold and Steven Push It to the Max Print. Well, thank you, Glenn Stay Hard Harold and Push It to the Max Print. I that love that. That sounds awesome. Well, so he does a lot of running, but he's also a fan of MMA. So oh. maybe if we ever had a cage match, not against each other, obviously, but I might want to push it to the max print or something like that. <laughs> that could be your name. I like it. If I'm like that in a roundhouse kick to somebody's face, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'd probably Getting pull some, all of a sudden. I'd probably pull something <laughs> to try to even lift my leg that high. Yeah, so. You don't stretch that often. No, I don't. You got to stretch more, Steven. Yeah. Well, thanks, Glenn, so much for doing that introduction. That is awesome. If you guys don't follow Glenn, he's at Ryzen is running, and that's R Y Z E N underscore is underscore running on the gram. And we encourage you guys to look him up. He's in the beautiful state of Colorado. I'm jealous. I know. It's amazing. Well, welcome to the Big Ass Runner. I'm Jeff Harrell. And I'm Stephen Print. Stephen, this is episode 63. It keeps moving one each week. I know. It's amazing how that works. It is amazing how it works. And we are fresh off the encouragement episode from last week. Yeah. How did that go? I think we've heard a lot from people about that. We have. And we just want to take a second to thank everyone. We've had tons of people send us notes, tag us on the Instagram, send us emails on how much they appreciated the episode. That was really our heart behind it is we just wanted to create something that was just a heavy dose of encouragement. You can do it because as we pointed out on the episode, everyone could use a little encouragement along the way. Yeah. I think we channeled our inner Ted Lasso, Brene Brown or whatever. And all kidding aside, we hope you guys like it. I think it's good every once in a while to pull off to the side of the trail and think about things that are most important. And as we said on the episode, we had a few surprises in the episode. What? There were a few as it went along. You know, we had Dr. G. Right. We had the greatness of Kelly Black. Uh Uh-huh. We had all kinds of fun stuff. We had Jake Thompson. I know. For, he's he's like big time. I know. I was like, when you told me he was coming on, I was like, what? Really? Come on. The fake Jake Thompson? No, no. This no. was the real. He was in studio, live and in person. He was awesome as well. It was just a fun, fun episode to do. And hopefully, like we've heard from so many people, you found some value in it. But, Steven, right. I've got one Last surprise. What? You have another surprise? You like, you're like surprise claws. You <laughs> keep so, on pulling all so these out. Fun. Yeah. Some of the big S runner heard have already heard this surprise because I posted it last week on social media, but a lot of people don't have social media or don't follow or have Instagram. Right. So you're going to love this. You, have, you haven't heard this full version. I either. have not. No. So very special surprise. This is one of the elite trail runners in the whole world. UTMB winner, <laughs> two-time winner, and winner from 2021, 
Courtney Dewalter. Oh, yeah. She also won the, the Big Backyard Ultra, too, right? She has a little message, Stephen. What? Can you believe this? No way. She has a little message for the big-ass runner herd. Here is Courtney Dewalter. Hey, big-ass runner herd. I'm so psyched to join your herd for a moment today. Thank you for letting me. It is so cool that you guys are such an uplifting community for each other and you're helping each other reach your goals. That's what it's all about is making memories with people and being each other's cheerleaders. So thank you for doing that. Thanks for letting me be a part of it for a moment and keep on being those cheerleaders. When moments get tough, when races or life things get hard, remember to just keep putting one foot in front of the other, left foot, right foot, left foot, digging into that pain cave. You guys are amazing and capable of so much. So thank you for letting me be a small part of it today. Congrats to all of you who have completed some cool runs lately. I heard lots of things happening in the herd and good luck for those of you who are still working towards your goals. You can do this, set your mind to it and get after it. Keep running your asses off. Steven, how cool is that? That is so cool. She's she, like a little hero. And she's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing that people always talk about her. She's so encouraging naturally, and she's always smiling. And yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's a really fantastic surprise. I know. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. I didn't know she'd do it. Right. Well, that was nice. But she did. She's awesome. And hopefully that was a little bit of an extra encouragement coming off of last week. We will do our best this week to not only encourage Steven, but to also entertain. Nice. So, Stephen, I think we're also going to entertain a little bit this week as well, because on segment one, we have another My First Trail Race. Oh, these are my favorite. I really like these on the Why I Runs. When we get a chance to hear from everyday trail runners out there, this is going to be really a lot of fun. Hope you guys think it's encouraging as well, too. And then segment two is a new segment we did a couple of episodes ago. It's called That Bites. You have not heard this. I've grabbed... A piece of audio. It's actually video, but uh-huh. I, I grabbed the audio. I think this is going to be. You haven't heard it. It's going. To, you're going to hear it for the first time. The big ass runner heard is going to hear it for the first time. It may be shocking. Oh, really? It may be shocking. You'll just have to wait. Hot takes. Here we come. You just have to wait. Well, with that, let's get going on episode number sixty-three for the big ass runner. Well, Stephen, as you mentioned, this is a favorite segment of, I think, our listeners, of you, of me as well. And I think it's because it's been several years since we did our first trail race. Mm-hmm. We take them for granted, I think, sometimes. We, we ran roads for so long. You did cross country, so you're a little bit more of a trail runner than I was. Yeah. But as I explored the trails and started running the trails and then did my first trail race, so I just remember the community, the support. The comfort stations, <laughs> the orange beacons of light. Like it was yeah. just so different. I loved it so much. 
And I think I now take it for granted because we, oh, we just sign up for a race and we go do it and we have a lot of fun and it's a great memory. Right. But that first time, there's something special about that first time. Yeah. No, there totally is. And I think it's always good to, we have why we run, but it's also good to hear people from their first time and kind of bring back to remembrance of why we're doing this. So I'm really excited to hear this. Well, this week we have someone who ran their very first trail race. Her name is Chelsea Erickson. Here is Chelsea's very first trail race. Hi, I'm Chelsea Erickson, and I've just completed my first big-ass trail race. When I relocated to the Pacific Northwest a few years ago, I fell in love with all things mountain. I've been constantly learning new sports and activities to keep myself on the trails. My journey has taken me from day hikes to mountaineering to backpacking to backcountry skiing and now to trail running. I've been inspired by so many friends and famous athletes, from crazy stories of FKTs of the Infinity Loop on Mount Rainier, fast-packing the Wonderland Trail, and doing swim-through hikes on Alpine Trails. In these inspiring stories and people, I've discovered the fun in cross-training to build my strength in various quote-unquote off-seasons to have ultimately no off-seasons. I signed up for my first 50K in June. At this point, the longest race I had done was a 5K, and the longest run I had completed was 10 miles. I wasn't sure if four months of training was enough, but I wanted to try. I downloaded a training app, entered my goals, and tried my hardest to follow the plan. The plan had me increase my mileage by too much, too soon. My first month, I had back-to-back injuries. I got to the point that I was so frustrated that I wanted to run that I took ibuprofen to get me through a long run with a strained ligament in my foot. That turned out to be a huge mistake, and I ended up overdosing on ibuprofen. I also got to experience the joy of bleeding intestines. At this point, I reassessed my training and committed to listening to my body more than an app. Finally, it's race day. I boarded the shuttle, along with 171 other runners, onto four yellow school buses that drove us 10 miles into the Three Sisters Wilderness, where the race would be starting. Everyone is having one final bathroom break while others wait on the forest road for the start. The race directors pointed out the flags that we were going to follow, and then the countdown started. The course had a dreamy profile, 2,000 feet of gain in the first nine miles, 4,000 feet of descent over the last 20 miles. I just needed to hit the first aid station, and then the rest should be cake. As we come up to the hills, I'm having to step off trail to let the stronger runners get by me. Eventually, I found myself with a handful of runners around the same pace. As we leapfrog between walking and jogging, I could feel the anxiety melt away, knowing that I wasn't going to be alone. Going into the first aid station, I'm overwhelmed with where to start. I top off my water, grab a PB&J, and took off. I was eager to get to the second aid station, where my boyfriend was waiting, and so were the beacons of light. Starting the downhill portion, I was hoping I could open up my stride and relax into the descent, and I did until mile 17. I got a running stitch that would not ease up. Stretching, breathing, walking, nothing would ease this cramp. At this point, I'm feeling great. Things were hurting, but not enough to stop me, except for that dumb stitch. Walking into the aid station, my boyfriend started cheering me on, so I forced a jog to get to him, and then I begged him for ibuprofen. I've learned my lesson on how much to take, enough to ease the cramp, but not enough to ruin myself for the next few days. So he topped off my water, gave me another PB&J, and then I started moving. The cramp eased up after that aid station. I walked a little longer to let things settle. I can feel my mental strength starting to wear. This is why I'm doing this. I've quit a lot of things in my life. If I can push through this, I can push through anything. This third section was mentally the hardest. The heat started to hit. The shirt I wore was too hot. 
and I started getting signs of heat exhaustion. I stopped sweating and had goosebumps, but the next aid station was close. I just had to get there. And when I did, the first thing I asked for was ice in my water bladder. The volunteer threw two large handfuls of ice into my bladder, and as soon as I put my hydration pack back on, I could feel the icy bladder cool me down. I left the aid station ready to take on the last section. This is it. No dropping out. The next stop is the finish. I'm starting to notice a shift in my mentality. I tripped over a few roots and sticks and almost fell. In the past, I would have gotten mad and frustrated over my tired legs for tripping too much. Instead, I thanked my legs for reacting fast enough and for being strong enough to catch me. I started thinking of other elements that I was grateful for. I was grateful for the people that supported me and trained with me and believed in me. I was grateful to be financially stable enough to afford physical therapy while I was training and to take time off from work to be able to do this race. I was grateful that my boyfriend came to support me and that he was going to be doing the driving when I was done. I was grateful for my training and my ability to trust the training plan. I was grateful for my body to be able to do something I never thought I would be capable of doing. And I was grateful for my failures because in that moment, I was able to find the learning lesson from each failure. And I found myself overwhelmed with gratitude that I fought back tears while I finished the last two miles. I rarely enter a runner's high. But the last five miles of this 31-mile run, I found myself feeling light, easy, and relaxed. I crossed the line with gas in the tank, and I think the gratitude bank gave me a slight recharge. Two years ago, I would have never imagined myself running trails or big distances, and today I can officially call myself a big-ass runner. Great job. I mean, you are a big ass runner. What an amazing <laughs> up and down that 50K was. Yeah. You know, I like how she really broke it down between the sections. And I remember running my first short race. It's like, like she was saying, if I can just get to the next one, if I can just get to here, if I can just do this and then reevaluating and starting all over again in your mind or in your stomach. So that was really cool. Yeah. Chelsea, great job. A couple of notes that I wrote down, Stephen. First of all, her love for the mountains, I totally get that. You know, we live here in Texas where it's super flat. We don't have mountains. But, man, when I'm in the mountains, it's like new energy. It's just I love it. And if I lived in them, oh, my gosh, I can't imagine. Yeah, I think what, she said something to the effect of, like, there's no off-season. She's, always, no doing, off season. Yeah, yeah, always, she's always doing something. So, yeah, that's really, really cool. The other thing is she'd only done a 5K. Hey, let's sign up for a 50K. Let's go for it. I love that competitive spirit. Yeah, it's like only 25 more miles and some change. Yeah, why not? Yeah, definitely. She seemed very determined to get it done. And yeah, that was pretty cool. And I think the other thing too is there's the race, but there's the training to get to the race. And that can also be an up and down. As she talked about, bleeding intestines, too much ibuprofen, injuries, all that. I mean... Trail running is not just the race itself, obviously. It's all the things that go into getting you to the starting line, then getting you to the finish line. Lots of ups and downs. Yeah. And I think it's really important too, the kind of like the sub message there is what works for her doesn't work for you, doesn't work for me, doesn't work for somebody else. So a lot of training is just kind of dialing it in and seeing what works best for you. Maybe peanut butter and jelly isn't your go-to. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's an energy gel, but really figuring all of that out in training. So that way you have one less thing to worry about in the actual race. One thing she said that I remember also feeling in my first trail race or my first ultra was the overwhelm of the aid station. Like you run <laughs> up on it. You're like, I've heard about these aid stations, right? It's going to be great. And then you pull up and you're like, Oh my gosh, where do I start? Or where do I finish? Or do 
I think the first time I didn't do anything. So I was like overwhelmed by the options. Yeah. I was like, are we allowed to eat all of this? You know, <laughs> is there a ration? Or then I was like, I remember for me too, it was like, do I want any of this? Like sometimes it doesn't even sound good, but you know, you need to start eating something to get those calories back in. And I think the thing too, with any, any ultra, any long distance race, it is a series of problem solving. We saw this with with Chelsea's story. Her core temperature was getting too high, so she had a problem. So let's get to the next day station. Let's get some ice into the bladder. It made me think of our friend Chris McWaters talking about core temperature. Right. How important it is to keep your core temperature low when you're getting overheated. It's just a series of problem solving. Yeah. I think that one thing I, I wanted to point out that I thought was really cool too is that she kept on talking about getting to her boyfriend. And I think we all need somebody, even if they're not a distance runner or whatever, and even if they're not physically at the race, that we always need somebody. It's not about just you running, that there's other people that are part of your community that can help you in that race. So whether they're physically cheering you on or encouraging you on your training or just supporting you and knowing that you're supported, I think that is really, really important. And so having that, especially there physically for your first trail race is really cool. So shout out to him and to her. That's pretty cool. And then I think at the end, she said it really, really well. You just, you get this sense of gratefulness or thankfulness because you think back through all the ups and downs of your training, the ups and downs of the race itself, all the people that have supported, like you just said, Mm -hmm. supported you along the way. And then towards the end, when you see that you're going to finish, you see the finish line, maybe a few miles ahead. Right. You get this sense of, man, I'm just so grateful to be able to do this. And she expressed that really, really well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Chelsea. It was awesome. And it's always encouraging whether you are about to sign up for your first race or you do 50 of them a year or wherever wherever you are on that scale it's really a good reminder and uh, congratulations on your first race and you are a big ass runner congratulations Well, Stephen, I don't know if you know this, but one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. Who do we have this week? So, Jeff, we actually have somebody that a lot of people on Instagram know. He's always encouraging other people and part of the big ass runner community. And that actually is Run Denver Runs. Denver! Yeah, so Denver actually just recently completed his first 100K. I think it was called the Woodstock Run. And really, I mean, he's so consistent, Jeff, and always out there running, but he's also always out there encouraging. And to complete 60-some-odd miles is is pretty incredible, and, and that is no easy feat, pun intended there. So really, congratulations, Denver. We are so thrilled for you, very happy, and, and way to just stay after and make sure that you get those miles in, but really, most importantly, that you completed that race. If you don't follow Denver on Instagram, you should. And a little uh, Easter egg tidbit here, Stephen. What? Denver can be found on the Big Ass Runner website. You what? Look, you have to look for it. He's on there. Right. BigAssRunner.com. Little little teaser. Yeah. You know another little tidbit? He can dance. He can dance, but he's actually not from Denver either. <laughs> That's right. He's from Michigan. <laughs> he's from well, I don't Michigan. know if he's from Michigan, but he lives in Michigan. Right. Exactly. So don't get that confused like I did originally. <laughs> well, way to go, Denver. Feels like the first time. 
Stephen, a new segment that we introduced a few weeks ago. Yeah, a couple episodes back. A couple episodes back was one. I think it was actually your idea for a segment, and that is to take a sound clip uh-huh. and play it. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first one we did was the sound clip from Nick Bear. Oh, that's right. Who was going to be running his first 100 miler, I believe it was. Was it Hard Rock or was it? Yeah, something like that. It was one of the Colorado races. Right. Might have been Leadville. Yeah. Anyway, he was strategically planning three bowel movements, one of which on the (laughs) airplane. Right. And we played that clip. We had a lot to say about that. Yeah. Well, this clip is similar in nature. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. All right. Let me ask you this, Stephen. I know you've been on YouTube Uh before. Mm -hmm. You've heard of it. Yep. (laughs) I've been on a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen seen things on there. Right. And I know you also do your own gear reviews. Right. So what kind of reviews do you normally see on YouTube? You have like the shoe reveals that you're talking about. Yeah, shoe reviews. Yeah, people review shoes. Um, A lot of gear type of stuff. Movies, maybe. Movies, like latest phones. When like the iPhone 87 launches, they're like, they'd usually get a version of it beforehand and review that. Yeah, there's all kinds of things. Music, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of of reviews. Well, I somehow... (laughs) Stumbled across a review. I saw this clip and I thought this would be perfect for our new That Bite segment. Okay. So I recorded it. Okay. And I'm going to play it for you. You have not heard this. I have not. I have no idea what it's going to be about. The big ass runner heard has not heard it either. Okay. You are all going to hear this together. And I'll play it and then we'll we'll react and we'll say if we think that bites or not. Okay. I'm Sound ready good? to go. Yep. Okay. Let's do Here it. we go. This is going to be reviewing one of the worst porta potties I have ever seen. I actually have gone in this one and came back out. It's so bad, just like these people did here. This is on the Waterfront Park, downtown Portland. This is right out here by the Willamette River. Let me show you inside of this one real quick. Very busy place. A lot of people out here today. Very nasty. And this is a honey bucket porta potty here off the Springwater Corridor Trail, downtown Portland, Oregon. And I've already looked in here. This one is awful. We got bad words on here. But look at this. Oh my God, we got flies in here. People just pooped everywhere. Oh my gosh, this has got to be the worst one I've ever seen. Oh, it's horrible. But this indeed is definitely the worst one I have ever seen. Oh. Goodness gracious, let's go outside here. We do have a hand sanitizer, no toilet paper. Oh, horrible. There's a little more on the outside of this one. Flies everywhere. Horrible. Definitely a thumbs down for this. This is definitely one of the worst porta potties I have ever seen on the waterfront here, downtown Portland. Can't bear to even go in this one, it's so bad. There you go, Stephen. This gentleman goes around and reviews porta potties, the you, beacons of light. You have got to be crapping me. <laughs> no, no lie. Are you serious? He he has a whole YouTube channel where he reviews porta potties. Okay, 
So if you were to do that, I don't know that I would pick downtown Portland as my area. For- oh, he doesn't stop there. Okay. He does them all over. All over the, the U.S.? Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't watch all of them. Right. Because sometime, at some point, it sort of becomes a little redundant. Right. But yeah, that's his deal. He reviews Beacons of Light. What a crappy job. <laughs> it's a bunch of crap. I know. So, so I bad. mean, he should dump that for something else, I think. Well, as bad as the audio was, the video. I didn't want to see that. No, you really don't. It, yeah. it was really bad. And we have a lot of people probably curious right now <laughs> going to the YouTubes to check out the Porta Potty video. Okay. So, yeah, there's a couple of things. One, I want to put out a challenge that next time that any of our runners are at a race, I would love for you guys to record a video and do your own <laughs> review. This could become a thing. Yeah, it could be. Like, if you please don't do it while you're doing your business, but yeah, please, please, by all means, let's start doing Porta Potty Beacon of Light reviews and sending them in. That would be awesome. We can get a whole collection of it. One thing that stood out to me was he said, This is a big thumbs down. So, like, <laughs> there's only two measurements. It's like, Is that his big dirty thumbs down or dirty thumbs up? And then another thing that was really funny to me was like, he used the word indeed. Like, it was so proper. Like, this porta potty is, is not to my standards indeed. I was like, Usually you're thinking about porta potties. The fact that he, Okay, one more thing too. Gosh, there's so many things. The porta potty, it's not like it's 20 feet long by 20 feet long. I oh, mean, no. You open it up, you can instantly see if this is a good one. But the fact that he opens it up and then I'm assuming goes inside or he went inside, yeah. Sticks his head in. Like, what? Why? Like, why? Even if you, you can look at it and see that it's horrible. Well, Stephen, a few things. One is that. <laughs> I thought this was maybe a spoof, like he was kidding. Right. I don't think so. Yeah. I usually can sense that, and I honestly think he's just doing a service to the people out there by doing reviews of porta-potties. Yeah, but how does that work? Like, let's say, okay, I've been to Portland, and I've been to downtown Portland, walked all around and that kind of stuff, but does somebody go, you know what? It's Sunday. It's in Portland. I'm going to go to Voodoo Donuts and have a donut and coffee. And then I'm going to go for a run. But at last, before I go for that run, let me jump on YouTube and see which porta potty on my run might. I mean, it's not even like an app. Right. You know, so, oh, you know what? Well, the Fifth Street Bridge porta potty is closed. So I'll wait to go to 87th and take a dump there. Like, definitely don't go to Waterfront. Yeah. It's the worst one he's ever seen. And he mentions Portland like four times. It's like, yeah, you're in the same area. Yeah, I actually trimmed that down a little bit. He he talked about the waterfront and he talked about everything. Here's what was really funny. Again, I think people probably will go to YouTube to see it for themselves. (laughs) A warning. It is disgusting. But he goes, there's some bad words on the front. (laughs) There are some just raunchy words written on there. Some Maybe some different body parts written. On the outside, he opens it up and it is like overflowing. That is with disgustingness. But why? Like, like, and I did watch a couple of them, and he'll look at the toilet paper level, right? <laughs> this one, this one, well, it's got toilet paper, but it's not full, right? Like, and he'll look at the cleaning schedule. Of course, this one had no cleaning schedule whatsoever. And then he'll look at this. You know, is there sanitizer in the porta potty or not? Right. This is his deal. 
Okay, here's my guess. I don't know his age or anything, and this is not meant to like. But I think he he's like a retired food inspector, <laughs> <laughs> and now he's doing this as like a PSA, you know, kind of thing. What what was really really in my mind though, Jeff, is one of the last big races you and I ran was at Rocky Raccoon, and the porta potties there were out of toilet paper, and we were volunteering. That's right. And they asked us to fill it up, so you and I went to the trailer, got several loads of toilet paper and we went through each beacon of light and filled it up but texas trails Tejas trails theirs were very well kept and we ensured that there was proper paper flowing there but there was one where somebody just, oh yeah the snow cone they just kind of dairy queened it but missed the cone i mean and um <laughs> And, and that's hard to miss. Right. Aren't you sitting down? But it was cold. Maybe <laughs> maybe you were shaking and quivering, and then you just kind of off-swirled the cone. I don't know what was going on, but I could see that, but this sounds like a thousand times worse. Well, apparently in this video, someone missed as well. There was not only... Okay, so here's a scene, Stephen. <laughs> I hope nobody's eating. I hope no one's eating. It's overflowing. It's, 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 you know how deep those things are? Right, it's, yeah. It's... Over like the poop and waste is above toilet seat level, and then there's the yeah you know, the soft serve cone next to it, the chocolate soft serve cone, right? Yeah, Dairy Queen next to it. That I guess someone thought, well, that's overflowing. I'm just going to drop it here. I guess I don't know. But why even go in? You, you well, it had to be code brown. No other options. Just. We're emergency only situation. I don't know. Oh my gosh. This is so I think back to the original question. Does this bite? I would say this is like a 40 ton mega it bites. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I just can't believe I mean, again, who's the person filming it? I mean, there's so he many He was filming it. Oh really? Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He was filming it. He's he's a one man show. Well, there's probably a reason like Hey, <laughs> Hank, what are you doing today? Well, I'm going to go down to the part of, of Portland that's, that's really not great, and I'm going to take my camera, and I'm going to go into all the porta-potties and film that, and, and they're going to be full of crap. You, you want to come join me? Uh, hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got stuff to do. Right. Yeah, I got number one and number two to do, but that's, that's, right. that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know, Jeff. I'm going to give that a hard pass. Bless his heart, as we say in Texas. But yeah, that is that is horrible. I have a theory, Stephen. I feel like any porta potty that is there permanently, yes, there's a very good likelihood it's disgusting. Right. For example, there's a porta potty at one of our courses, one of the, our trails, uh -huh. the, the Frisco Dorba right. North Community. Has it's overly named? Has right. too many names. There's a porta potty there that is a little sketchy. Yeah, I always for, I drive over. It takes about thirty minutes. I'm trying to hydrate, so I usually have to use it just to pee. Right, and it's a hold your nose situation. Right. I feel like the temporary ones for races, those are usually pretty good. Sure. Because they've been clean. They're, you know, and then more, I don't know if they're new, but they're, they've been recently at least right. cleaned and sterilized. Unless you got, like you said, a soft serve mess situation happening, it's usually pretty good. Yeah. Well, the, the one about that one that you're talking about too is more than the smell, that one just sits out there by in the heat, in the heat and stuff. 
So I'm always concerned like there's going to be like a snake that's going to crawl up from the inside of it or something like that. So yeah, that's definitely break in case of emergency kind of thing. But it, that would not be a, a one that I would really count on. So this uh, sound clip, Stephen, you give it the that bites. Yeah, this is one of those sound bites that really bites, and I'm gonna say a big no on that. I agree, and I'm sorry for all of you who are now curious and are <laughs> going to YouTube and searching porta potties. But yes, this—that's what this guy does. That's what he does. Well, bless his heart, Stephen. With that, that's a wrap. We gotta go. Well, Stephen, believe it or not, that episode went by really quickly. It seems like a really, really fast one. A really quick one. This is our 5K episode. That's right. We <laughs> want to thank Courtney Dewalter for that amazing shout out. Yeah, so and cool. Word of encouragement. Yeah. That was super cool. And who else are we going to thank, Stephen? So, Jeff, we also want to thank Glenn for doing the introduction. Just an awesome guy. Family of four. Getting out there, making it happen. So thanks, Lynn, for doing that introduction. And Chelsea, thank you so much for sharing with all of us your very first trail race. It's always fun to hear someone doing a trail race for the very first time. Brings me back, Stephen. It really does. And last but not least, Denver, thank you so much for being a herd follower. I know you've made a lot of friends online and you've shared some of your story with us. So thank you for doing that. But also congratulations on your first 100K we hope to follow you quite soon in February of doing our first 100K as well. That's true. And if you have the dream, if you have a, a huge dream of starting your very own YouTube reviews of porta potties, I hate to tell you it's already been done. Mm. It's it's already been done, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're going to find that on like an Indeed job listing and stuff. <laughs> However, if you are at a race and you want to give us a little rundown on how much toilet paper do they have hand sanitizer, do they not? What's the volume? What's the spacing between the porta potties? All those things that are important. How is the line structured? Is it oh, a. Oh, yeah. There's very it, important information. Yeah. Is it all in a line or is it like a blob and then you just kind of go for it? Do the red and green lock things work? Any kind of review that you want to give on Beacon of Lights, we, we have constantly a lot of new people listening to the show that are new to trail running. And let's just be a service to each other. Something tells me, Stephen, we're going to get some. We're going to get some reviews. I hope so. From the big ass runner. Please send them. Please send them. I'm we gonna will f- play them on the show. Yeah, that would be great. We also want to give a big shout out to our audio engineer who makes us sound amazing. Well, I guess that's debatable. The great... The great Steve Super Soaker Saunders. Yeah, thanks so much, Steve. You do an amazing job week in and week out. Well, Jeff, until then, we hope that everybody has a great week. Thanks for listening. We hope that you guys enjoy this episode number 63 of The Big Ass Runner. Until then, get out there, enjoy those trails. And keep running your asses off. UNTB, UTMB winner, (laughs) two-time winner.
Because we have a couple of really cool things coming. Have I already talked about what's coming up? Um, I don't think I did. No, no. It was one of the Denver or Denver. It was one of the Colorado races. I think this might be a pretty good. What do I want to say? This is where your ice cream comes from. Oh. The creamy poop of a mystic unicorn. Totally clean, totally cool, and soft serve straight from a sphincter. Mmm, they're good at pooping. But you know who sucks at pooping? You do. That's because when you sit on a porcelain throne, this muscle puts a kink in the hose and stops the Ben and Jerry's from sliding out smoothly. Is that a problem? I don't know, are hemorrhoids a problem? Because sitting at this angle can cause hemorrhoids, bloating, constipation, and a buttload of other crap. And seriously, unicorn hemorrhoids? The glitter gets everywhere. This might be a pretty good... What's the word? There's a word I'm trying. A pretty good, a pretty good, pretty good. What's the, there's a word. There's a word. A, a pretty good. Um, benchmark. Pretty, <laughs> uh, is it ice benchmark? Cream. Uh, ice cream. Uh, a, a pretty good. A good one. I'll just say good one. Slap in the face. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. That bites. That's a new segment. We'll, I don't know how to end this, Steven. Come on, you gotta relax. Don't force it. Get a blow out your whole ring. Drop a lung. Who does number two work for? Who does number two work for? That's right, buddy. You show that turd who's boss. Go, man!